You are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Let me greet your neighbor and say welcome. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. All right. Are you ready? All right. Tonight, I want to deal with the subject, finding and fulfilling purpose. Finding and fulfilling purpose. Our text for the month is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Verse 11. Amen. Most of the time, when I try to read the scripture, maybe to give it some kind of context, I love reading it about two or so verses away. So let's start from verse 9. Let's read it together. Want to go? Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Praise the Lord. Now there's something I want you to notice there. Verse 11, it says that God works all things after the counsel of his will. Glory to God. After the counsel of his will. In verse 9 we read. It says having made known unto us. The mystery of his will. Glory to God. The mystery of his will. So that will. That was a mystery. He has made it known to you and I. Hallelujah. That means that that mystery can be known. You and I can know the mystery of His will. Because God works all things after the counsel of that mysterious will. Amen. That means that someone that doesn't know the mystery of His will cannot understand what God is doing. Hallelujah. Now, get these two things. First, he has made known to us the mystery of his will. The complexity of that will, he has made it known to us. The will that seemed to be hidden from the natural man, you and I in Christ Jesus have access 
to the mystery of the will. And there's a reason why he wants us to know the mystery of his will. Because everything he does is according to the counsel of that will. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? Now, I, I just want to point out something. We cannot be talking about purpose. And we won't refer to destiny, the will of God, the plan of God. All those are related subjects. Hallelujah. So when we talk about purpose, it's going to relate to destiny. Ever say destiny. It's going to relate to the will of God. Ever say the will of God. It's going to relate to the plan of God. Ever say the plan of God. Now, these words will be used interchangeably as we communicate. But in verse 11, it says something, and that's where I'd like to pick up from. First of all, what do we mean by purpose? When you hear the word purpose, what does purpose mean? You see, this pulpit has a purpose. I could use this pulpit to achieve another thing. I could say, um, I want to eat. Pour my rice here. Pour my rice here. And you may see me with a spoon eating from here. It doesn't mean that this pulpit was designed as a plate. Even if I'm using it as a plate. I could walk in here. And then I say, they say, Pastor, please sit down. Then I come and sit here. And it will carry my weight. But that's not what it was designed for. Praise God. Are we together? Now, so, the definition of purpose is simply what a thing or a person was designed for. Hallelujah. That's purpose. The reason for its being, that's purpose. What a thing or a person was designed for, purpose. The reason for being, purpose. Now, most of the time, this pulpit, just I've been using it for illustration, can be used to achieve different things. You can use it to wedge the door. Maybe the door, the door, the hinges are bad and it can hold itself. Then you say, oh, go and use it and wedge the door. And it's wedging the door. But that's not why it was made. Glory to God. There's so many of us that are wedging the door. Amen. And we've gotten too used to wedging the door and we're living just by wedging the door. Amen. And everyone that's come around us have seen us as the thing that wedges the door. Amen. And so, after a while, they don't call it a pulpit anymore. They say, that thing that wedges the door. Amen. (laughs) And there are many of us that live our lives that way. We are the description of what we do. Amen. We are described by what we do, not who we are. Now, when we talk about purpose, there are two questions that are very important. Two questions. That, you see... Any human being that arrives at a place where he has satisfactorily answered those two questions, it is at that point you can start relating success. 
You see, I use the word destiny. I use the word plan of God. I use the word will of God. All around purpose. Now I'm also introducing success. Because it's related to purpose. They are all in the same family. They are cousins. Amen. This pulpit is a successful pulpit if it is fulfilling what it was designed for. If we start using it for something else, rather than what it was designed for, it failed in its purpose. So, you cannot disconnect purpose from success. And now, what are the two questions? These two questions are important. And anyone that can satisfactorily answer those questions, you could say the person has found purpose. Amen. Glory to God. It's important to know that the questions are so simple and that's why many people don't even have the answer. Amen. Glory to God. I used to say that if salvation was like the process of getting an American visa, many Nigerians would have been saved. If salvation was more complex than how Jesus said, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, many other people would have been saved. But it's because of how saved. The Bible says, the foolishness of preaching. Amen. It sounds so simple that it looks foolish. And most of the time, that's how spiritual things are. Hallelujah. That you will believe in your heart. And proclaim with your mouth, then you will be saved. It doesn't make sense to some people. So the Jew is looking for a sign. The Greek is looking for wisdom in that statement. Um, every human being has one or both of those problems. Either he has the Greek problem or the Jewish problem. Amen. So, when it comes to purpose and finding purpose, two questions. And I want you to ask yourself these questions this evening. The first question is simple. Who am I? Have me ask, ask yourself, who am I? Who am I? You know what I say, who am I? Somebody say, I'm a Yoruba man. <laughs> who am I? Somebody say, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. No, that's what you do. Amen. Are we together? Who am I? It looks like a very simple question. But because nobody, people really don't ask themselves those questions. And so even when someone, even as I'm talking about it now, your mind will be wondering, what's the answer I should give? What's the answer I should give? What's the answer I should give? Nobody can give you that answer. Hallelujah. Some of us define ourselves by our occupation. Some of us define ourselves by our skin color. 
Some of us define ourselves by the role we play. I'm a wife. I'm a husband. I'm a child. I'm a teenager. You can't say I'm a teenager. You won't be a teenager forever. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. So who are you? Who am I? It's a question of identity. Everybody say identity. It's a question of identity. Now, the person that fabricated this pulpit, before he made it, he knew what he was making. Are we together? So if you ask him, what are you making? He will say, a pulpit. So he's the one that gave it a name. Glory to God. The name is what he made it. Amen. It's not what you call it. It's what he made it. That's the name. The purpose that it fulfills or achieves for which it was set up is the name. Can you ask again? Ask your neighbor, who are you? The second question is, why am I here? (laughs) That's actually a purpose question. A question of purpose. The first is identity. Why am I here? And I'm not talking about why you are in the hall. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) That's what you're thinking, some of you. Why why, why are you in the hall? I came for evening service. Why am I here? I'm talking about in this world. Why are you not a cockroach? Why are you not a squirrel? Maybe you would have been better off as a squirrel. Why are you not a squirrel? Why are you here? Why are you having a human experience? You know, you would have been made to be a fish. You can choose which fish you would like to be anyway, but you know, yes and that. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. You would have been a fish. You didn't choose to be human. Glory to God. Is there anybody that told you, hey, 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 I, um, I, see, see the things I don't want to be. I don't want to be good. I don't want to be. Is there anybody? <laughs> you know, there's nobody. Nobody chose. Who or what they wanted to be. Did you choose your gender? I will say it this way. Some of you didn't even choose. You, you didn't even have any input. In what family you are going to come out from. I've said it several times. If you had a choice. Definitely Buhari will not have seen you. Amen. But you are in Africa. You were born where you were born. Hallelujah. You didn't choose it. 
So, did you get the two questions? What is the first one? What is the second one? Now, you keep thinking about that. I want you to even sit down after this service, maybe at night or on your own tomorrow, write out an essay on who you are. Write another one, why you are here. I've not ended, we've not come to the end of the teaching, but let me just say this. If you could write an essay of who you are and why you are here, it will help you come up with maybe one line, a one liner, are you understanding me, of who you are. Maybe a one liner of why you are here. The truth is this. Without the consciousness of purpose, you can never maximize destiny. Amen? Amen. Are you hearing me? Without that consciousness of purpose, of why you are here, who you are, why you are here, without that consciousness, you can't maximize destiny. It means whatever you do, (laughs) there's nothing to measure it with because you don't even know what, who you are and why you are here. How will the fan be competing with the microphone? Hello? They're not serving the same purpose. The microphone is not designed to do what the fan is supposed to do. The fan is not designed to do what the microphone is supposed to do. So, the day the fan becomes jealous that I'm not carrying it every service day. Pastor is only carrying him. He's not carrying me. (laughs) Pastor walks around with him. Are you understanding me? He's not walking around with me. You are not designed that way. Glory to God. That's not what you were built for. That means that that fan does not know who it is. Amen. Doesn't know why it is here. And that's the reason why many people get depressed. Glory to God. Consciousness of purpose can never, ever come to the place where there is no drive. I was talking today and I was explaining... Um, we have been talking about discussing depression in our free conference call uh, discussions. And I said, one of the signs you see that someone is depressed or, or almost there is that they lose drive. You know what we mean by drive? They're no more, they call it the want to. You understand that? That want to is no more there. So you say, um, let's go to, uh, what's the new place now where my children are talking about? Um, the pizza place. Um, Domino's. Let's go to Domino's. Say, no, I don't want to go. They say, um, let's go to the park by Air Force Base. Yes. Say, I don't want to go. Let's go and see the movies. No. Now you begin to wonder, you're looking for something that they are driven to do. And they are not, see, is it, is it from when somebody is trying to offend you? 
You know, someone might be trying to offend you. Say, he doesn't want to go so that you, you too will be sad. Now, the person doesn't intend to offend you. Genuinely, the person doesn't have the drive. The want to is not there. And then everybody around is looking for what the person actually wants to do. Amen. <laughs> do you want to eat Ishiu? The last time they asked the person a year, six months ago, when they just said Ishi, he's, he's the one that completed Ewu. Are you understanding me? But now they say, do you want to eat Ishiu? He's just shaking his head. He did, there was no spark in his eyes when he heard it. Oh, your friend, your friend, your classmate, he's here. He's still the same way he was before you said it. Praise God. Uh, that's depression. <laughs> that's depression. The Bible calls it the spirit of heaviness. And the truth is this. Anybody that is not conscious of purpose is a prey for depression. Are you understanding me? An easy prey at that. An easy prey for depression. Let's look at our scripture. So we'll go into some things. Is this helping anybody? Now we're looking at Ephesians 1:11. And then he said, "In whom also, in Christ also, we have obtained an inheritance." Then he said, "Being predestinated. Being predestinated according to the purpose, amen, of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. I started out by saying that God works all things, including you, amen, after the counsel of his own will. He doesn't necessarily work all things after the Wishes of any human being. No. It is after the counsel of his own will. You know, sometimes when we're teaching God's word, it is natural, it is, it is, um, it is um, a bit difficult because we're using human language to express spiritual truth. To differentiate between the sovereignty of God and the authority of man. Hallelujah. Are we together? That's human authority. The authority God gave to man. Where does God's sovereignty stop? I've done the teaching some time back. Where does man's authority stop? And where does God's sovereignty start? When we talk about the sovereignty of God, we're talking about the omniscience of God. The omnipotence of God. The omnipresence of God. Okay? It means that um, sometimes I, I, I try to explain it 
and I lack the right English word to use. It's just like God is, you know, it's just like where you tell a child. You tell a child, I want to say it this way, listen to me. It might not be the best illustration, but it will help me. It will help you too. You tell a child, play anywhere you want. Are you understanding me? Um, they say, uh, anywhere. You say, yeah, anywhere. In this hall. Play, play anywhere you want. But you lock the door. Amen. So, anywhere does not mean outside. Amen. Are we together? You lock the door. In the child's heart. Hey, hey, hey. This big space. Are you understanding me? Then he says, can I play here too? You say yes. Even there, you say yes. Even here, you say yes. Hey, are you understanding me? He's amazed. But in your sovereignty, you lock the door. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, his authority is within a space. Glory to God. That is bigger than his mind. Amen. That the child's mind is bigger than the child's mind. That's why the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. It's bigger than the child's mind. Amen. <laughs> Forgive the human limitations. It's like saying that you know that maybe he's even a toddler, but he can communicate. He won't even be able to walk from here to that place. But you say he can play everywhere. And he's happy. He will lie on the floor. Be excited. That's the sovereignty of God and the authority of man. So sometimes when we are praying, that thing we are asking for, it will not spoil anything. Glory to God. Amen. It will not spoil anything. Amen. It won't spoil anything. Whatever you would think or ask for will already fall into the sovereignty of God. It won't go beyond. I don't know if there's a better way to explain it. If you don't understand it, sleep in the night. So, God works all things after the counsel of His own will. Now, I said some things about purpose. It's important to know that when we talk about purpose, we're talking about intention. Ever say intention. We're talking about aim. Ever say aim. We're talking about a determination. Um, a resolution. It means that there are certain things God had already resolved before you even came on the scene. About you. It is consciousness of purpose that makes you understand that you are not a product of an accident. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm not a product of an accident. Say, I'm a creature of purpose. Amen. So you now understand that you're not, you not an accident. You didn't just happen. You see, the, that's the problem with evolution. 
Amen. The theory of evolution. That there was a big bang. And something, something. And then we just evolved. It, it doesn't give us any reason to try to discover our identity and why we're here. Because we just happened. Amen. Listen, you didn't just happen. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen. Tell your neighbor, say, I didn't just happen. I didn't just happen. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright? I didn't just happen. Um, I'm trying to take my time so we get it. Let's start this way. When I introduced the subject, I think a few weeks ago, I talked about what I called earthly purpose and eternal purpose. How many of you remember that? Okay. That means that a human being on earth can be in a place and find let me use the right term and choose a purpose. Amen. I remember a place in Port Harcourt is now developed. In the 90s, the early 90s, it was still undeveloped. The place used to be called South Africa. Some of you will not know where I'm talking about. It's not far from Jerry here. It used to be called South Africa in the early 90s. We used to go there for soul winning because armed robbers, prostitutes lived there. So we used to call the place South Africa. In a place, they had several, all the buildings there were, they are all completed now. All the buildings were uncompleted. So, now, when we go there to evangelize, we discover that they had landlords. But the landlords were not the people that built the house. The house is a government project. Praise God. But some guys that used to go there and stay, since they were the first to get there, when another person came, they said, you will pay you. So, most of them had a piece of cloth that they used to cover as their window. Some had a piece of wood or zinc they used, you know, to barricade the place. And they were raising children in that place. Now, let me, someone went there and decided his purpose. I just said, ah, okay, since I came here first, I'm going to be the landlord. So, people keep paying, paying until somebody's bold enough to fight or break out. Are we together? That's how they were living. I remember someone was telling me a story about when the, what, the governor, governor before this governor of this state um, first came into office. That there's a place somewhere between Ogunabali and uh, East West Road that a man that people thought was uh, insane, he condoned off an area that is his land. But there, 
is not he just came there and took over the place and drove everybody. So he took the governor to forcefully remove him from there because they now came and said, Okay, we'll be here is your place. Can you prove show us a document? He doesn't have any document. That means he decided a purpose. Amen. Amen. There's a scripture. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to use it. Um, I, I, I hope we can find it. Um, Job 33, verse 7. If it's not there, then um, it's not for you today. Amen. Let me reopen my own Bible. Sometimes since I'm in my Bible, they are not in this projector. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Verse 17. 33 verse 17. But I'll read from verse 16. So you just see it. But I want to show you something. So you don't decide your purpose. You find it. Amen. Um, Go one more verse up. 15. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, what happens? Then God opened the ears of men and sealed their instruction. Why? Verse 17. Let's read together. That he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. That means if, if he doesn't do that, give his instruction, man will pursue his own purpose. Amen. Man will pursue man's purpose. Amen. So God wants to withdraw man from his own purpose. Hello? Are we together? That means there's such a thing as someone deciding a purpose for themselves. Rather than recognizing that there is a purpose already that exists. You didn't show up here by accident. There was a reason why you were born. There's a reason why you were created in the first place. How many of you believe you were created? Amen. So, a lot of believers sometimes are trying to live out an earthly purpose rather than live out their eternal purpose. Glory to God. Ephesians 3.11. Let's go there. Let, now, let's just lay the scriptures. Ephesians 3.11. Alright. Um, in Ephesians 3.11, it says, According to what? The eternal purpose. Which, which he did what? That means there's such a thing as eternal purpose. Everybody say there's eternal purpose. That's just what I want to show you. Eternal purpose. According to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That means that you cannot find eternal purpose without Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Salvation is the doorway to eternal purpose. Hallelujah. 
You cannot find eternal purpose. Many humans have lived out an earthly purpose on earth. But there is an eternal purpose. And that's the purpose for this teaching. Glory to God. You know, when Jesus walked the face of the earth, there are many things Jesus did. Many things Jesus did. But there's a reason he came. Remember that there are people that thought that, oh, he had come to set up a political party for them. Amen. He had come to free the Jews from the dominion of the Romans. Some people had their own earthly purposes attached to the coming of Jesus. But the Bible says in 1 John 3 verse 8, For this purpose, hallelujah, the Son of God was manifested, that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. If the works of the devil were not destroyed, then he had not fulfilled purpose. Amen. Look at it. 1 John 3, 8. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, amen, the Son of God was manifested that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. That's what he came for. Any other thing was secondary. Glory to God. That's eternal purpose. There's an eternal purpose for you. Glory to God. There's an eternal purpose for you. And it's not something you decide. It's something you discover. Hallelujah. You find it. You know, there are two scriptures I just want to show you. Because when we talk about eternal purpose and earthly purpose, maybe I'll show you scriptures that will explain that. Paul was speaking in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 17. And he used the term, um, which also I will show you the opposite of it, in um, 2 Corinthians 1 17. He said, When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Or the things that I propose, listen, do I what? Propose according to the flesh that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. That means someone can propose according to the flesh. Amen. Did you get that? That's what we mean by earthly purpose. And this is my life. I will do what I want to do with it. Is it actually your life? Amen. Help me ask your neighbor, is it actually your life? Amen. <laughs> Maybe you've not heard what Paul was saying. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Eh? But the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. What he was explaining is that for the fact that Jesus died, he had paid for you. Amen. Hi, I love that scripture. I think it's in 1 Corinthians 6 or thereabout. He said, you are not your own. Amen. You are not your own. You have an owner. Amen. <laughs> so, you don't just wake up and say, so Paul was asking, did I propose according to the flesh? That means there are some people that are proposing where? According to the flesh. Let's look at another scripture that shows you how to uh, someone proposing according to the Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verse 21. Acts 19, 21. In Acts 19, 21, it says, After these things were ended, Paul 
The same Paul that asks, did I propose in the flesh? The Bible says, Paul proposed how? In the spirits. Amen. He proposed in the spirits. When he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. That means that it was proposed in the spirits. Hallelujah. Someone was asking me about marriage some time ago. You know, there are many things, teachings on marriage. And then he said, uh, the Bible did not say that there is one person in this whole world for you to marry. I said, yes, the Bible didn't say so. He said, eh, so, I just wake up, I choose who I like, and I marry. He said, can a Christian not choose who they like and marry? I said, why not? They can. He said, hey. Just so about to go, I said, the same way a Christian can choose not to follow the will of God. Amen. <laughs> yes, you can choose anything. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Are you understanding me? You can choose anything you want to choose. Listen. Our choices are still subject to the approval of the Spirit. Amen. Never forget that. Never forget that. Never forget that. There are things you've chosen and then the Spirit of God is saying, no. And you insist. My prayer for you is that the things you are proposing, you propose in the Spirit. That you will follow that eternal purpose rather than pursue an earthly purpose. Are we together? Now, there are certain things that God had already resolved about you before you came. There's a scripture in Acts chapter 2 um, verse 23 is the scripture, but I'll read from 22. I love the Amplified, but let's read the King James first. Acts 2, 22 into 23. There's a language used that I want you to see. It says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Now verse 23, let's read it together. Him being delivered... By the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken by wicked hands, have crucified and slain. Now, they thought they took him. He said, no, 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 no. God delivered him to you. By the determinate counsel. Determinate counsel means that it was a fixed decision before now. Amen. Are you understanding me? A fixed, it was a fixed decision. He is going to be killed. Are you understanding me? It, the language determinate counsel speaks of like there was a sitting, a sitting. Are you understanding me? People sat. Some personalities sat and decided this is what's going to happen. That any other person playing is playing it toward the plan. Amen. That's how your life is. Glory to God. To them, they want to just kill this man. But that's the determinate counsel. Amen. And in the foreknowledge of God, it's settled. 
Read the amplified version of it. Amplified version of it. Amplified. He said, this Jesus. Is it amplified now? Yes, thank you. When delivered up according to what? The definite and fixed, amen, purpose and settled plan. Did you see that? There's a settled plan. There's a definite and fixed purpose for your life. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. You cannot talk about purpose without talking about predestination. Amen. Because purpose, you found it today, but it existed before now. There was nothing God created without a purpose. There's nothing. The heavens, the earth, the seas, man. And when we talk about purpose, there is a general purpose of mankind. Are we together? There was a general purpose for mankind. But there is a specific purpose for every man. Amen. When we talk about purpose, there is a general purpose for the body of Christ, for the church. But there is a specific purpose for every believer. Did you get that? And so we're talking about that fixed purpose for you. Amen. Not what all of us are supposed to do. You. Why did they add you here? Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. God had to speak. Um, He spoke to Paul. And um, he was telling him, he said, for this purpose I have appeared unto you. Alright? To make you a minister. Amen. Amen. He was telling him that he appeared to him to make him what? A minister. And a witness. That means that even the revelation Paul had, had a purpose. Listen to me. Your heavenly father is purposeful about everything. Amen. Another way of putting it is to say, your heavenly father is intentional about everything. So, I will leave out Paul. Let's go to um, something that applies to everyone. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Now, Jeremiah 1 5, go back to King James Version. You find, you know, years ago, the Spirit of God began to teach me about certain things that people have isolated in a way they feel is for a special individual. But the Spirit of God begins to say, no, that's the pattern. That's my pattern. What they think is spectacular is actually my pattern. So in Jeremiah 1.5, God was speaking to Jeremiah. This, this concept, this, this verse, we'll find again in Romans 8. We're going to go there. Okay? Explain that that's the same thing that's happening to you. Look at what God said. Before I formed thee in the belly, what did he say? 
I knew thee. No, he didn't say, while I was forming thee. Get the language. Before. Ever say before. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. You know when you start forming in the belly? Conception will have to take place. So he's saying before conception. Oh, glory to God. You're not hearing me. Before conception. Say conception. Conception. Hmm. Before conception, I knew thee. That means you existed before conception. Now, this was a statement he was making actually to, to Jeremiah, but it applies to you. Glory to God. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb. Okay, so he's talking about before conception and before birth. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Before conception and before birth. That means that before conception and before your birth, a, a ceremony took place. Amen. He was telling, he said, I sanctified. The word sanctified is set apart. Set, set apart. I set you apart. And then what did I do? And I ordained. The ordained ordination is the appointment. Amen. The appointment of heaven. As you are going, this is what you are sent for. Amen. Then he said, I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. The only thing that is different from Jeremiah is that you might not be a prophet. Amen. But the pattern is the same. Before he formed thee in the belly, he knew you. That means that before you knew yourself, God knew you. Amen. Someone was asking me, um, when, did you be, when did you know yourself? You know, how, how many of you know, you know, how many of you know when you start knowing yourself? Give me, give me an age that you can say. Anybody here, tell me like an age where you remember that. That's when you start knowing yourself. For you, can you remember? Anybody that can remember, just lift your hand and tell me. An age that you say, it was from this age I knew myself. You said four, okay. You said three. Someone else has another one. So, I hope you know yourself now. <laughs> you remember five, five years old. Okay. That means that if your memory, you are digging back in memory, it stops at that point. Are we together? You know what I'm talking about? So, why people look at me like I'm talking some science fiction or something? Yeah, I still remember my point of self-consciousness. Because I was telling this story with um, my parents and some people that knew me. So I told the story and I said, so, so, so. they said, ah, how did you know that one? I said, well, they asked me whether, is that one, is it vision of God? Or, or I said, no, that was not vision. It was, I was self-conscious. You know, I was self-conscious at that time. And they were asking for a reason because I'd shared things that nobody told me about me. Amen. Alright. Is, is that possible? Moses told us how he was born. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. So it's possible. Amen. So before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And I sanctified thee. And ordained thee. That means that purpose was determined long before you came. Amen. Are we together? Long before you came. There's a resolve. And I found out something. (laughs) 
Okay, let's not go there today. Let, let, let me show you the New Testament. Let's go to Romans 8. We'll start from 28 through to 30. Amen. I'm not hearing your glory. Amen. In Romans 8.28, you know Romans 8.28 is an offshoot of what it said in 26 about prayer. Okay, verse 28 now says, And we know that all things, hallelujah, work together for good to them that love God. Then he goes further to say, actually, to them who are the called, according to what? His purpose. Amen. Are you called according to his purpose? We're going further now. Then verse 29. He now starts explaining where he started from. Amen. He says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Did you get that? Pause there for a moment. For whom he did foreknow. That statement is like, um, then he says, Oh, whom he did foreknow. Is, is, is there anybody God did not foreknow? Amen. Hello. It should have actually read for all of us that God foreknew, He also did predestinate. But He put it this way He said, For whom He did foreknow. What does foreknow mean? To know before. Amen. It's not what you just read in Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed thee. Amen. That's the foreknowledge of God. For whom he did foreknow. Lift your hand and say, I was foreknown. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's say it in pidgin English. God knew me before. Uh-huh. He also did predestinate. That means the time he knew you before you knew yourself, he predestinates. There is a place he had determined for you before you knew yourself. There is a reason why you were born. It was settled long before you were born. Your job was to discover it. Amen. Then he says, Predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let's read further. I wanted to show you something in verse 30 because I want to join the calling. He now says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, listen, them he also justified. At this point, the person's choice is involved. Amen. The justification is because the person responded to the call. Amen. And then he says, whom he justified, them he also what? Glorified. Glory to God. So, say I was foreknown. 
I was predestined. I was called. I have been justified. I'm being glorified. Amen. That means it is not possible for you to know eternal purpose without knowing Him. Amen. Praise God. Because the Bible says, according to eternal purpose which He proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I was quoting Ephesians 3.11. That means that we find our purpose in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to shift gear now because there's something else I'm going to enter now. Follow me so you don't get lost. You cannot find eternal purpose outside of Jesus Christ. There are people that live and die and never actually discovered purpose. Before I start talking about, I said we're talking about finding and fulfilling purpose. They never even found it, much more fulfilling it. God had to tell by the Spirit, Paul was writing. He said, and say to Archippus, he was speaking to a particular person, Philip Colossians. He said, say to Archippus, to take heed to the ministry which he had received in the Lord, that he fulfill it. Meaning that, listen, if it was, if something was just going to happen, why would he be warning him? Amen. Say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you fulfill it. That means if you didn't take heed, he won't fulfill it. Amen. Amen. That means if you don't take heed or pay attention to the purpose, you will not fulfill it. Amen. You won't fulfill it. I am fulfilling purpose. I don't know about you. One of the ministries of the Spirit in your life is to help you discover purpose and fulfill it. That's why the Holy Spirit is called a helper. Amen. What's He helping you do? He's helping you find purpose and fulfill it. That's what the Bible says. He will guide you into all truths. Then the Bible says he will show you things to come. The, a lot of times, the way believers function, let me tell you how some of them function. They think of purpose as something that um, you know, you know, your salvation is, is instantaneous. Is that not so? The moment you, you get born again, you you are saved. You are not being saved. You are saved. Amen. You are saved. But discovering and fulfilling purpose is not instantaneous. Amen. No, it's not. It's not instantaneous. It's a process. It is something that unveils over time. 
Am I communicating? Let me explain it this way. Have you been in a place that was completely dark? Or, which one now? I think maybe it's completely dark and then light suddenly came on. Or completely, there's light and then the place became dark. It takes a while for you to... Are you understand what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Then after a while you start seeing. Is that not so? That's something like how purpose unveils, unfolds. Amen. Now, I've, I've taught and I've counseled people over the years. And there's something I told someone. I want to share it with you. I said, he said, I'm a, I don't know my purpose in life. You know, it's so difficult for me. I, I, I don't know my purpose in life. Today I would think I'm this. Tomorrow I would think I'm just confused. I'm just confused. I said, shh, you don't have to be confused. He said, how? I said, just find someone that has found purpose and partner with them. Amen. He said, eh. I said, yes. Because purpose begets purpose. Purpose is contagious. For one man that finds purpose, the ability for many others to find purpose will come out. Amen. I said, just find someone that, you know, find, and sometimes that's what some people don't understand. That that's what God does to them. God just leads you somewhere. And you come into that space and partner with an agenda that is already working. And then God starts using it to bring you into His plan for your life. Amen. That's the, let me put it this way, that's the laziest way out. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's the laziest way out. That, that one, um, no matter how unspiritual you are, you can find your way from there. Glory to God. Alright, Romans 12. I'll read from verse 1 and 2. 1 and 2. And for the purpose of this evening, that's around where I've stopped. Finding and fulfilling purpose. That's where I'll stop. But we'll have another time. We'll go further. In Romans 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a very, very deep, 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 deep scripture. It starts by saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He has not stopped. He started with the body. He started the conversation with what? The body. Everyone say, my body, my body, my body. But he's going somewhere. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If he had stopped there, it would mean something else. Then he says that, 
Listen, the essence of presenting your body and renewing your mind is that. Amen. Did you get that? The essence of presenting your body and renewing your mind is that. That's the purpose. The purpose is that what? You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What does it mean by proof there? It means to be able to distinguish. That's what it actually means. To be able to tell the difference. Amen. Between what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Another translation says, the good, permissive, and perfect will of God. That perfect will of God is the specific purpose of God for your life. Amen. Amen. The permissive will, or the one called acceptable there, could be the general purpose. For example, you know the story of Paul. He was going to Maesia. That was the, 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 the place. Maesia. So what did he, what was he going to do? To preach. Is there anything wrong with preaching? Amen. I'm asking you, is there anything wrong with preaching? But the Bible says the Spirit forbade him. Amen. He was forbidden. Don't go there. What if he say, I am going? Do you know that somebody will receive Jesus Christ in that place? Amen. Amen. God will accept him, accept that he went. God will permit him to go. Amen. Amen. Generally speaking, every believer is supposed to preach, so he's doing it. But in that specific case, God didn't want him to go there. You know, when a believer starts living according to eternal purpose, the elements and forces of life align with him. Are you listening to me? They align. Because before you came, because of the ordination upon your life, everything that else that God created had also been commanded concerning you. You are not hearing me well. Though. Have you read the scripture that says, punishing all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled? Yeah. What do you think he's talking about? There are some of you, because your obedience is not fulfilled, there are some disobediences that you cannot punish. That means that when he's talking about punishing or disobedience, he's talking about the fact that there are some things that are refusing to align. They are refusing to align. But when you enter that place of eternal purpose, that, why do you think the seas will listen to Jesus? The wind will listen to Jesus. They could not kill him until he gave himself. Look at the life of Jesus. He went into places to preach. And then they would say, Oh, stay with us longer. Stay with us. Oh, you are the greatest man of God. You ensure there is nobody. Is the, the liquid fire is coming out from your mouth. And Jesus said, I'm not staying. The Bible says he did not commit himself to any man because he knew what was a man. Amen. So he said, I'm preaching. I'm going to the next city. I'm going to the next city. If he followed 
earthly purpose. We're, we're, we're doing well here, so we should stay longer here. Amen. Praise God. Then certain things will not align. You might have heard that they killed Jesus at 29. Or 30 years. He didn't do the 33 years. Amen. Are we together? But they couldn't take his life. He gave it. My prayer for everyone here is that you will align with eternal purpose. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Alright? You will align with eternal purpose. Isaiah 14. Give me 26. Okay, I want to read from 24, but I'll just keep one verse. Let me check something. Thank you. The Lord of hosts had sworn, saying, Surely as I have taught, so shall it come to pass. And as I have proposed, what will happen? So shall it stand. Amen. Glory to God. Eternal purpose here. Verse 26. Let's read together. This is the purpose that is proposed upon the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. That means that in God's eternal purpose, His hand is stretched out to fulfill it. Anytime you hear the hand of God, it is the ability and the power of God. And then last verse 27. The Lord of hosts had proposed, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out. Who shall turn it back? Hallelujah. It means that lining with eternal purpose is lining with the almightiness of God. Is standing on the side of the almightiness of God. I told a story about how when we were at our first church venue, uh, Rumokuta, years ago, how we had a young man come there. He is the son, one of the sons, the, the owner of the property, the landlord had many first sons because he had many wives or several. I don't know how many they were, but there are more than one. So, I'm dealing with the father. There's someone who just come today say, I'm the first son from this other mother. You are supposed to pay me the rent. And you understand that? So, one came said, I'm the first son from this side. I said, I've already paid. I'll not be paying two rents. He said, well, he's trying to do me a favor. Because... Where the hall stopped, and it's a small hall, where the hall stopped, the door, from the door of the hall, is his own land. Are you getting, are you getting, just like someone said this door now, from this door of church now, from the door to the gate is his land. That means that uh, he will block you. Are you understanding me? And there's no other way out. 
<laughs> so I was trying to be polite. You know, and I'll say, okay, so can we have another meeting so that some of our leaders will be around, you share what you're saying. I know, I was just trying to get um, other people that could speak his language to be around. Maybe they could talk to him and all that. So, but he keeps dodging the meetings. I fix a meeting, he won't come. I fix a meeting, he won't come. I fix a meeting, he won't come. And then one Sunday, in those days, I, I walk after service. So uh, as church closes, when they leave, I sit back in the office and walk. So um, I dispersed all the leaders to go. You know. And uh, just when the last person left, he just came out. Not even from the main way. He was somewhere by the corner. He just came out. That means he had been watching. You understand that? He didn't want to come when anybody was there. He wanted to come when I was alone. So he came and said, uh, he, he has finished talking with me. He, was, he came to measure the place. Alright, from here, you know, to here, you know. He said, the snooker board will be here. That way, the here is talking is our door, in front of the door. This one will be here, the bar will be here. This, that, we're just talking. At that time, let me tell you what came to my spirit. Purpose. Why am I here? I didn't come here on my own. Amen. I'm talking about, you didn't get me. I said, when you line up with eternal purpose, you are standing on the side of the almightiness of God. That's what I'm trying to establish here. At that moment, I said, I didn't send myself here. I didn't just wake up and choose this place. God brought me here. And he has not told me to move. Amen. Glory to God. So as he was measuring, you know, this, you know the thing was that I've been so nice to him, I've been so polite to him. You know, Jesus too is the lamb and the lion. Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? <laughs> Glory to God. So he was dealing with the lamb <laughs> all the while <laughs> until that moment. I it was, you know, there's, there's a rage of the spirit. Are you listening to me? There's a rage of the spirit. I can't even try to act what I did. <laughs> because it was a manifestation of the spirit. <laughs> Amen. I said, my friend. <laughs> so, do I even called him? <laughs> so, he looked at me. I said, you better leave this place. I said, if you can bring that board you want to bring and drop here, you know that I'm not a man of God. And I said, I dare you, go and bring it. And I'm done with you. That's how the matter ended. Somebody else will do it in the flesh. They will beat you. <laughs> and I left. He never came there again. Just a few years back, just maybe five or six years ago, I saw him again. 
Ah, my, my pastor. It's been a long time. I greet you. <laughs> At that moment, eternal purpose. There's a reason why I'm here. Glory to God. Oh, I remember a fellow that was on the sea. The boat capsized. Then he said, I did not die today. Amen. Hey, glory to God. I like that one. He said, I did not die today. Amen. Are you, are you getting the, the tenses? Are you understanding me? <laughs> not that I will not die today. He's not making a sense. No, I did not die today. That means I lived beyond this point. <laughs> I have seen the day after this day. So it is not today. <laughs> Glory to God. Eternal purpose. Lift your hand. Say in the name of Jesus. I was born for a purpose. My heart is open to fully recognize the purpose for which I came. Amen. Glory to God. Very important. So there is that specific purpose. That's what the Bible calls the perfect will of God. That perfect exact thing. Now let me explain something to you. Your career might not be the purpose. Your career is how you might be fulfilling the purpose. Amen. Somebody said, my purpose in life is to make people happy. I said, eh. Say, yeah. So, then how do you do it? Say, I make cakes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> my cakes bring happiness. <laughs> you understand me? So, he said, he's a baker, or she's a baker, as the case might be. But that's not her purpose. Glory to God. I believe that in this generation where we have a lot of people that start, you know, they, they're just frustrated. There's something, how many of you have heard of what they call midlife crisis? How many of you have heard of it before? Midlife crisis. The people that even lifting their hands they have not reached the midlife. Oh. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, people come to that point where they start looking for meaning. Are you understanding me? They feel some kind of frustration. 
You know, I, I'm try, I don't want to put an idea in your mind, so I'm not going to give you an age. Amen. I'm going to mention your age and I say, you go home and say, I believe I received midlife crisis. <laughs> you start waiting for your own. No, no, no. I, you get what I'm saying? But there's, there, there, there's a range where people come to, you know, where they start asking, what have I achieved? Amen. What have I achieved in life? And they get troubled about it. They become anxious. Some get depressed. I believe that when purpose is reinforced in your heart, you will not have midlife crisis. Amen. No, you won't. Because you are no more measuring yourself with another person. Some of you, your problem is always you're measuring with another person. Oh, look at this one now. Look at that one now. I remember my grandma, we call her my great-grandma. She had passed on. She's actually my grandma's elder sister. But because of, she was an influential woman, she was a wealthy woman. So they saw her more like the, the mother of my grandma. But she was my grandma's elder sister. And um, so she was not feeling well. She had an accident. And they wanted to be sure that she was not having, going to have any problems. Something hit her head. So they wanted to be sure that she was not going to have problems. So they were taking her to the psychiatric hospital for checkups and all that. So one of those days, my aunt took her to the place. Now this woman has money. You know. You know who says someone has money. She has money. But she never tells how much she has. And nobody knows she has money until she's robbed. When she's robbed, then I say, um, some, we saw somebody break out. How much was robbed? She said, don't worry, some money was taken. <laughs> then they cut the person. The one they recovered. <laughs> you understand that? <laughs> said, this woman has this kind of money. I asked her, anyway. I said, this with cash. <laughs> so, now, so they took her to the hospital. Um, she was fine. You just check up and all those kind of things. Test this, test that. All the things they do. So my aunt was with her. And uh, they were sitting down. Then they brought a lady. An elderly woman too. But that elderly woman is insane. Are you understanding me? That she has lost her mind. So, the person that brought her was washing her leg, washing her hands, washing her face. Washing her legs. Then my grandma, or my great grandma, we call her, you know, now said, See love. This is her that's supposed to love me. Since I came, you have not even washed my leg, washed my hand. So my aunt asked her, do you want to be like that woman? <laughs> that, that washing her face and washing her legs because she can't do She's even pulling on herself. Are you understand? Is that how you want to be? You know, we have to be careful who we are comparing ourselves with. Amen. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. You know, there are some ladies I just wish... That some ladies are just wish, oh, see, see how by now I'm supposed to be married. Somebody else will be taking care of me. Look at how that taking care of Sister N. 
Then Sister Anne just comes in. She's just walking. Her wig is just flying. Phew, 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 phew. You know, I like, man, this is the life. But you don't know what's happening at home. You don't know the WrestleMania happening. How many times the man is giving a close line? <laughs> Body slam. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. That her happiest moment is when she's in church. And anytime she's walking in church, she's actually looking at young girls. I wish I was free like them. <laughs> oh, if you know, you will not even marry. <laughs> A man told me, he took his wife to be. At this story, he, he, he told me personally. So, he said, he took his wife to be. To go and see like a mentor. Are you understanding me? Someone that is supposed to counsel them. You know, say, I'm this the I told you I was going to get married soon. Yeah, I've been telling him I was going to get married. The man didn't say anything. So he brought the lady to show him. Say, this is the lady I want to get married to. The man said, eh. It's okay. He introduced the lady to his own wife. Then he said, let's go upstairs. To the guy, say, if I were you, I would not marry you. Even as I'm here, I, I want to marry. He's an elderly man. He said, I've been suffering. <laughs> that is so discourage him completely. Now, the, the shocker was that this man had never spoken wrong about that before the day. He said, that he didn't know he was serious that he wanted to get married now. That he would have told him. What is he rushing? Ah. That the, is it the thing that he's in now? That he, <laughs> He said, the family looks very fine. Are you understanding me? They look okay. Tell anybody, be careful what you want to be like. Amen. There's a pastor that said that in his early days in ministry, there's a way he used to walk. And all his assistant pastors started walking like that. He used to walk with his leg like this. Walk like this. And so all the people that were in the ministry with him started walking like that. He said it was because of the shoe. He had only one shoe. And he, the side that is open, he's making sure his leg is landing on the side that is open. So that it will not open. And they wanted to be like him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some of the things that you take for granted, someone is looking for it. A lot of frustration some people have, they don't actually know what's even happening. Assumptions. 
assumptions. Assumptions. In my younger days as a pastor, I respect. He had been a pastor in our youth fellowship. So, a family, wealthy family, living here in Jerry, years ago, it's those kind of houses when you're passing, you say, Wow, see house. Huh? Where was my father when they were building all these kind of houses? <laughs> Glory to God. So, if you are not happy with your parents, praise God. So, they came to see him. And uh, they wanted him to come to their house. Massive house. Massive house. It was, he was honored to be there. When he entered the house, they now sat him down and told him their problem. Nobody in that house sleeps on the bed. They all sleep on the floor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And how? Nobody sleeps on the bed. Something comes to flog them. Every night. Once you climb the bed and sleep, they will come for you. This is not, are you understand what I'm saying? So, go and buy the most fantastic bed. You cannot sleep on it. Then you that try to buy mocha foam, mocha foam. You can sleep on it anytime you like. You want to sleep in that house. <laughs> Amen. You want to sleep in that house. The people, they will accept your mocha foam and your room. Praise God. Permit me to say this. There is no reason why the hand should envy the ear. The hand cannot do what the ear does. You know, every day we meet people. It's the hand that has the privilege of interacting with people. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take your own. Hello. Yes, and yes, yeah. Nobody's even touching me. <coughs> In short, when you are going out, I'm not going again. If we start allowing people to touch you, you will not like it. Imagine that someone says, hey, I want to shake. Have a handshake. Have a handshake. There's no your ear. After a while, you'll be tired of bending your neck. Is that not so? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the challenge with some of you. Rather than celebrate your own purpose, amen. You are envying the purpose of another. 
frustrated about what you cannot do. Frustrated about who you are not. Rather than rejoicing in who you are. People are identified by their face, their head. Is that not so? Is that not so? If your buttock says, no, 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 no. It's only them that I want to, and me too, they should see me. <laughs> I just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no don't worry, don't imagine it. Why is it that when you're talking to people, you put me at the back? Why? Put me in front. You know, if someone doesn't even see your head, they might not know who you are. You are actually described by your face. Is that not so? Yeah. So, they could be complaining. Other person will complain, your face is taking all the glory. It's taking all the glory. It's taking all the glory. But they're only playing their roles. Amen. Your purpose is that your God designed role. Amen. Your God designed role. And my prayers are everyone here will fulfill purpose. You will celebrate purpose and you will fulfill it. And let people say loud, Amen. Amen. Can you rise to your feet, lift your hands toward heaven, and just talk to God this evening? talk to him this evening. I don't know what it is you heard, but it is important that Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560 You are big, blessed and loaded. Taking the message of